0: The Heard That with Marisa Tigney podcast is sponsored in part by Holy Grail Clothing Company, an American lifestyle brand presented by the Regal Brand Incorporated. Discover high-quality handcrafted essentials from their collections for men, women, and children. Podcast subscribers can take 15% off their entire purchase with discount code That's HEARDTHAT15. That's heardthat one 5 when they shop the virtual retail store at HolyGrailClothingCompany.com. That's HolyGrailClothingCO.com. Holy Grail Clothing Company, wear your crown. I absolutely love doing volunteer service. I have met the most amazing people and some extraordinary kids as well. The cool thing that kids will always ask for when I am volunteering is books, if we have books available for them to take home because their passion and love for reading. There's an amazing author out there by the name of Trevor Romain who has such cool books for kids that are fun and awesome with simple stories that kids can relate to and parents as well. The Trevor and Romaine Company has a diverse collection of social and emotional learning resources to help children and their families become healthier, happier, and more confident. All heard that, listeners? If you go on trevorromaine.com today, you get an exclusive 15% off your complete order by using the code HEARDTHAT, HEARDTHAT15 at trevorromaine.com. Trevor Romaine, no E at the end of Romaine com today what's up heard that nation listening in the united states and around the world you are listening live to the heard that with marisa tigney podcast i am marisa and today on this show you are going to be inspired you're going to be excited you need to get hype and if you got something tie-dye you want to bring it out of the closet immediately i have with me the former nfl wide receiver the dallas cowboys he is the alum of the north carolina tar heels that just completely broke my heart in the bracket. We'll get to that in a moment. Uh, he is the CEO, the founder, the president of Tie Dye Fridays. You have his permission to jam, whether you in your office, the car, the supermarket, Macy's, wherever, he wants you to turn it up and turn it loose and dance a little something. I mean, I've done it in Tom Thumb, aisle six. I ain't got no shame whatsoever. I turn it off, turn them on and get inspired. And In my promo before the show, when I was uh, talking to other people, I I call this man a humanitarian, and we'll get into that momentarily. Ladies and gentlemen, on the Heard That with Marisa podcast, the one and only
2: Jesse Holly. How are you today, sir? I am fantastic. I'm so happy to be here. I love the energy. The energy is, and you know that's my level of energy right there to be on 10. I love the energy, and I'm excited to be here to join you and all of your guests, so let's, let's, let's get it popping, let's go. That's what I'm talking
0: about. I love the energy that you bring, and the reason why I, in the promos, when I had your picture out there and people were looking, I said that you're a humanitarian. And the reason why I say that is because of what you've done for so many people and the lives you impacted, and as recently, this horrible snowstorms snow that we had here in Texas, Snowstorm Uri, and people without power, without electricity, pipes busted, all kinds of stuff that was going on. And you sent out a simple tweet saying, hey, if anybody needs a hotel room to stay, get a hold of me. And pretty much that just blew up from there, Uh, your post and I saw your post and I was passing it on and people that I didn't even know uh, was reaching out to me saying, hey, is he still giving hotel rooms? Is he still providing this? Is he still providing um, food or anything like that there? I mean, you and I had had spoke before then, and I've never seen anything like this. Grocery store shelves empty, people panicking, people not wanting to drive in the snow. I mean, you're from a cold state, New Jersey. I'm from Michigan. We're used to the snow. I mean, we're used to driving in it. But when there's no plow, no no salt, no no salt trucks, no shovels, Mm -hmm. of course, people don't want to drive in it. I I just want to know, and we'll dive right into this too, uh, your nonprofit, your Holly's Helping Hands, which... At the end, I'm gonna. I just want you to share about that. You've done so much for this community. What inspired you to part two part question? What inspired you to do something about putting a tweet out and wanting to help people during the snowstorm that happened here in Texas? And what is the inspiration behind Holly's Helping Hands?
2: All right. Let, before we get to that, let's not act like you were you were you were boots on the ground with me. Like you were like calling up your folks back home. They were sending stuff. You you were right there, shoulder to shoulder in the foxhole with me. So that 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 thank you for your heart Absolutely. and for your heart, for your uh, your dedication to helping people. And, and 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 you don't understand how much you helped me help others. But the the biggest thing to answer your question on on that particular situation with the snowstorm, um, I had no problems. I'm sitting at home. I got power. I got food. I got heat. I got running water. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking at the city and it's the state. And it's like under this major emergency and it's, you know, duress. And then, you know, people don't have and you start looking around and you're like, man, these babies and these people, these moms, these dads, like, and people can't do anything. Mm -hmm. And Initially, I'm going to be honest with you, you know, God put it on my heart to do so just to say, hey, if someone needs help. Be, you know, be there. Yeah. And so when I put the tweet out, I didn't think it was going to get any traction. I thought maybe one or two people might say something because honestly, and this is the honest to God truth. Mm -hmm. um, There was money there to take care of a couple rooms. But I had no, I was like, you know, I'll take a couple of rooms and I'll be fine. And then they, I just got inundated and flooded with requests. And I had no clue how I was going to pay for it all. Oh, wow. And I never asked anyone for a dime. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you know, it, it's like, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to always mention this. I am, I, am, I am a believer of Christ, mm-hmm. uh, Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That is, that is, that is the head of my life. Mm-hmm. And when I put it out because he put it on my heart yeah and I put it out there never thinking it would have the impact that it had mm-hmm. not knowing how I would pay for it all and it was just a a, a a showing of when you're obedient to what God has called you to do
3: yeah
2: he'll take care of the rest absolutely and so it was it, it, it was it was basically like a Peter moment it was I don't. I'm not gonna go to church on you, but it, it was a Peter moment. It was get, get off the boat, mm-hmm. step off the boat, and I'll take care of the rest. It right. was it, it it was the you know the little boy give me give me the 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 the, the lunch that you have. Give me your lunchable and watch me feed five thousand. It was not, a trust. It was a trust me moment. It was a trust. Yeah. moment. It was like do it, mm-hmm. and before you know it, with your help, with other people help, the donation started coming in. We put. Um, and I say we, cause it wasn't just a Jesse effort. It was a, it was a Herculean effort. You were helping, you were calling, you were doing something. Other people doing the same thing. You know, a lot of times I get to be the face, mm-hmm. um, and I get to use my platform, but it doesn't get done all by me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just a small key in the a small piece in the cog of this whole machine that is going right. And we put, um, about forty seven. 47 48 families in hotels for at least to at least 2 days if not more some families more um, during that time when everyone was in need and you know God was just pouring in like you look I'm like oh another donation another I'm like yeah go ahead you know and it was to the point where I didn't have to turn anyone away that's fantastic and it was just like the more give 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 and it was you know you know i was telling people like if they have food the hotel get food like, we'll take care of the rest later. Get food, mm-hmm. you know, get, eat, you know, uh, take a shower. And we forget sometimes when we don't have those small necessities as mm-hmm. being able to ch- take a shower. Yeah. You know, take a shower in two days. Well, yeah. homes have been destroyed because pipes have bursted. And so it, it was just one of those things God put it on my heart. I followed the will that he, you know, he told me to go. And people like you and others who helped and who donated, we were able, it was probably, when you look at all of the families, we're talking close to about 300 people in that time wow. was able to have safety and shelter and warm and you know warm rooms and beds and showers and to eat something uh, mm-hmm. during that time of need. So you know, I, I just I just answered the call that God you know that God put on my heart and you know and that, that that's 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 just who I am. Like that's, I'm a giver.
3: Beautiful.
2: I'm a giver. I'm a giver by nature. Yeah. And it's not not just monetarily whether it's inspirational words or a hug or a laugh, like I, I, I have a heart to give.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It was a, one of the messages that I got from a family that we did put in the hotel, Jessie. She brought all of the clothes that she could salvage and that weren't ruined by the busted pipes and went and washed them. And she had messaged me and said that after she took them out of the dryer, she smelled them. And it was like, she's she done laundry all the time and everything else and didn't think nothing of it. But at this particular time when they didn't have water, when they didn't have electricity in their other house and her to pick up the laundry that was clean and to smell it, it was a whole different sense of gratitude that she said she had.
3: Right.
0: You know, and and for me, that was a lesson right there because here, on our end, we had water, heat, electricity, we were fine. But it just is so amazing that you started something, you know, in the community. And it was amazing to see the community that connected with you like, okay, this hotel's got this open or these people need it. Or are you still giving and everything else? And all of us, you know, with your amazing leadership and, and yes, I'm calling you a leader because it just takes one pebble thrown into a, an ocean or a river, but then the ripple starts yeah. to, to, to become greater and greater and greater. And everybody saw the ripple effect. And that was when everybody was able to connect with you in this community and help others, so that is incredible. How many families were provided hotel rooms Absolutely. during that time?
2: Absolutely, no, it, it was amazing. It was, it was, uh, it was, you know, it, it was, it was a sight to hold. And there were, there were times where I had to call some hotels, and and I hate doing this because, like, all right, any time like now is the time to kind of pull that cowboy card out, Jess. Like mm-hmm. now is the time. So I was like, hey, this is Jesse Holly, former Dallas Cowboy receiver. And they're like, are you Jesse Holly? I'm like, yes. And sometimes you got to do that and it was like yeah sure we got a room for you i'm like thank you hold that room for me i'll call you right back so it was mm-hmm. like sometimes like you're yeah. like doing that but it was like all right this is the moment that god puts you on that stage go ahead and throw that cowboy's card out there and say who you are mm-hmm. and um and and, and, it, and people responded and it was it was just uh, it was it was great it was great
0: that's so good that you have that kind of compassion and that kind of giving spirit. And, you know, I hope from this and after this pandemic ends, please, God, let it end oh, soon. Because <laughs> I'm ready to go travel, ready to go see a show. I'm ready to go, you know, do the things that I love to do. And I was, I was watching a couple of my friends. They were able to go to a few of these games on uh, NCAAs. And it it was awesome. And I was corresponding uh, back and forth with them. And they were saying, Maurice, I will never take a live game for granted ever again. He goes, there was only like 200, 300 people at this game. He goes, but it felt like 3,000 because everybody was just cheering and everything. And so I don't know how much you've been paying attention to the NCAA brackets. I have no complaints. We haven't had it for two years. My brackets are all rest in peace, except for two of them. were still alive. I have Michigan going all the way, in one and one in Gonzaga, in the other. Your Carolina, your North Carolina Tar Heels, your alum, your beloved alum. They broke my heart. I, I had them going a couple of rounds. I had one. But I was kind of chancing it because it's Roy Williams. He's you know the master of somehow trying to get his teams to win at least somewhat going to the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah. that didn't happen. I mean. I, I, I absolutely am enjoying this tournament because we're seeing a lot of surprise teams that we thought could go the distance, get bumped out early by team, I mean, Oral Roberts, Ohio, <laughs> uh, Abilene Christian, I mean, shouts out Abilene, Texas, Abilene Christian. I mean, who are who some of the teams that you see that were surprised in, in making it further than they should have and the ones that just kind of, you know, all the hype but then ended up being a fizzle?
2: Yeah, you know, um, of course, my heart broken when my Tar Hills went out. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I always appreciate this tournament. As someone who's been a part of this tournament and actually won a national championship, you know that every single week, this could be the end. Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, they say it in boxing. They say styles make fights. Mm-hmm. And in the NCAA, you, you get one chance. And if now, if, if UNC had to play Wisconsin... 10 times, we'll probably beat them eight out of the 10 times. Yeah. But the one time they they were hot. They were winning. And same thing. If if all Roberts had to play another one of these blue blood teams, or if Ohio had to play, we play them 10 times, it would it would be the outcome would be Oral Roberts losing a lot of those times. Yeah. But in this tournament, you only gotta win once. once. And then you move on, and you gotta win. You gotta, you gotta have six, you gotta have six individual wins every single week. And so that's the exciting part about it, is you get a chance to watch these teams. I've never watched an Oral Roberts game before in my life. Like, you know what I'm saying? Same. (laughs) Never. Never. Like, I've never never watched an Ohio game in my life. I've never seen an Abilene Christian basketball game in my life. Right. Get a chance to see these schools that you don't normally watch. They don't Mm -hmm. normally locate themselves on the the national brand. And you get to see these stories. You get to hear the stories. And you get to see these kids have an opportunity to do something that Mm -hmm. is remarkable. You'll never... I remember so vividly every single moment of our championship run back in 2005. These kids will remember these moments forever. This yeah. is history, and to be a part of it is something special. And basketball is my favorite sport. Even though mm-hmm. I play football professionally, right. I love basketball. So to watch these games and to see these kids compete and, you know, to see the upsets and the Cinderella stories, the Lola of Chicago, the, of the world. That's I love it. I the love the sister it.
0: jeans. The sister yeah. jeans.
2: Who knows how far they're gonna go? I mean, listen, I, I sit in my office and watch it. I watch it. I listen to it on the radio when I'm driving. I, I'm at home watching it all the time. This is this is this is like Christmas for me. Yeah. Uh, you of course you know you love to see your team advance, survive in advance. But you know even though Carolina's out, I still enjoy. Watching the tournament and seeing like there's going to be a new national champion and it may be someone who didn't we didn't think mm-hmm. you know it, it 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 may be a, a Syracuse it may be an oral robber. the or people say like I tweeted the other day I said I said think about this for a second you know Loyola Chicago could possibly be national champions and yeah saw your tweet yeah don't tell me they can't because in the last 365 days. I, I seen a black v, female VP. Mm-hmm. I seen the capital stormed up. I seen Texas freeze over. I yep. seen the most powerful country in the world shut down because of COVID. So, yep. no, it ain't possible. Because I lived the last three hundred sixty-five days, and I just saw some stuff that I thought was never possible be possible. Right,
0: right, exactly. And it, I mean, just the the excitement of it and the shock of it, and then people saying, "Oh, my bracket is busted," but I don't care. It's to <laughs> Chicago, it's Ohio, it's Oral Roberts, it's Aveline Christian. I mean, Kansas the other night being just destroyed by 34 points, uh, you know, and all of this still during the impact of COVID and I feel bad for the kids of VCU, they didn't even get a chance because they had to withdraw uh, and Oregon with all that extra rest just came out and, and put the foot on, on Iowa and I mean, this whole tournament, and I agree with your tweet so much because I am excited about who can actually take this. I mean, a number one is not not guaranteed a number one. We saw that with Il- Illinois. Mm-hmm. I I mean, it's it, 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 it's 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 this is a phenomenal series of events that is it, it, it's, it's just it, it's evolving. It's it's exciting to watch, man. It, it, after two year hiatus, I, I'm, I'm enjoying the ride.
2: That's it, that's all you can do. Enjoy the highs and the lows of it. And then you latch onto these stories, right? You find that you find the sister genes of the worlds, and you yeah. find all the different stories and they, and, and they highlight them and you just fall in love with the game and you fall and you understand what it takes to get to this moment and, mm-hmm. and to really just relish in the moment to being in the national, you know, the national stage and on this brandioso stage of being the NCAA tournament. So, yeah, I, I again, as as someone who has been a part of it, as someone who has been on both sides of the ledger of the teary eyes from going home and being eliminated, to the hearing the one shining moment and you're hoisting the trophy. Yes. it is exciting. It is fun and. And, and being that we've been deprived of actually being didn't have it last year or so and being deprived of some sports or a lot of things that happened, i'm like thank you lord i'll take it i'll take whatever exactly I can the sports
0: exactly and shout out to north texas too because they was i mean the 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 story the backstory. story I, I don't want to butcher his name but javion hamlet not yeah. even being looked at by any college he you know people the the I forgot who it was that interviewed him and said that he was a two star. And he said, no, ma'am, let me correct you. I was a zero star. He goes, nobody took a chance on me. Goes, North Texas came along, proved it. And just seeing the backstory of him and his father and his father with a whole sweatshirt on and all of his son's stats and picture yeah. and
2: everything. I mean, dad. It was a bunch of stuff. I mean, he, yeah. he, he did the rounds to get there. But, but that's inspiration for I, I look at all these things and I said, this is inspiration for some young kid who may think, well, I can't because right now I'm no star. But also for adults, like I look at, I find inspiration in everything. And I look at that kind of stuff and I go, you know what, just because it's not happening right now, mm-hmm. doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's always, and, and you asked me uh, before we did this, what's one of my favorite quotes? Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's being firm in your destination, but flexible in your journey. Because you can have a belief in something so strong, and you should have that, and you should you should harness that, and you should truly believe in that. But understand, you know, the total distance between two points is a straight line, mm-hmm. and it ain't always the way you're gonna get there. Yes, right. Still be, be firm in your destination, but flexible in your journey, and know that if this is where I want to get to, I might have to take that winding road and that detour and that. And that you know that that bypass and that service road, but I'm going to get to that point. And you look at stories like on Hamlet, You're saying I want to get to a Division One program, and I want to be recognized, and I want to be seen, and I want to be on the national stage. And he probably thought in his head, I'm gonna go to the, I'm gonna go do it in high school, and then someone's gonna recruit me. I'm gonna be a five star, a four star, mm-hmm. a three star, and then you end up being no stars. You gotta go to this JUCO and that JUCO uh, junior college, and but you got there. Yeah, and now people know your story, and now people see you on the on the big stage, and now you're you're kind of you know you can become a name in people's mouth, and scouts see you. So always being firm in your destination and flexible in journey. I I love I love the inspiration that you can take away from stories like that.
0: Oh, absolutely. And if people are not getting inspired by that, I mean they they need to check their pulse because right. me being in my late 40s, I'm still finding inspiration in hearing the stories that these young men share, or their coaches, or their teams. Uh, all the time. and That's why the, uh, the beauty of sports. I absolutely love it, and I love that that quote that you early,
2: have. Early 30s talking about late 30s, <laughs> early 30s girl? Get out of
0: here. The, high five, dude. That's why God is going to richly enhance your life. Praise <laughs> Him. Cue the organ Run around the church. Come on, somebody. <laughs> but I, I love that the inspirational part because your journey to the NFL uh, was, I, I found inspiration in that and I did see you on the program, but take me back a little bit. You're in, uh, is it Rossell? I want to make sure I say no, it right. Roselle. Roselle. New Jersey, growing up there, uh, Abraham Clark High School. Mm-hmm. And I just learned, I was today years old, learning that you played in a band, a high school band?
2: No, that's wrong.
0: Okay, they <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. He plays right. in a band, he's got tie-dye Fridays, he didn't bust out no instruments or anything like that. Have zero
2: musical
3: zero. No, you, zero.
0: Listen, you have, you have talents, you have musical talents. You incorporated music, tie-dye Fridays, we'll get into that momentarily, but I still say you have a musical talent. But you were, you did two sports, you did basketball and you did football, and then you carried on to that uh, in North Carolina. Um, and then you played both of the sports. Which one did you like better? You said you liked basketball, but then you pursued football after you got out of North Carolina. So how did that How did that journey, take me back to that journey going from high school to North Carolina and then winning a national championship, which had to be absolutely amazing. Like you said, like the confetti falling, one shining moment and all of that. Like take me back to that, that whole entire journey
2: process. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Basketball has always been my favorite. Like mm-hmm. I've always like you could fi- if you were looking for Jesse, you can find me on the court. Sun up, the Sun Down, you know, and then being in the neighborhood, you played everything, right? You played a little football, right. you played base t-ball, you know, stick ball you played football, you know, uh, you know, uh little, we call it pop on the sideline, you know, you run in the street and you're playing, you know, this car, that car is a touchdown. So you played everything with all the kids in the neighborhood, but basketball was one that I always um stood out to me. It was the one that I enjoyed the most. Mm-hmm. And it was a coach who kind of got me to play football. The only, I did little league football, but I only did it because all my other friends did it, and I had no one to get in trouble with. So I was like, "Well, I'll just go hang out, you know, at the football field and put on a uniform, play Pop Warner, because on the way home we can all get in trouble. We can kind of break into cars and do bad little stuff that we used to do when I was younger." And then I got into high school, and one of the coaches who kind of helped help cultivate uh, my athletic skills. He was like, "Hey, man, you should play football." I was like, "Football? Nah, no, thank you." And so he's like, "Man, you really should." And so I said, "Okay, I'll give it a shot." So my mm-hmm. freshman year, I go out and I'm trying to play varsity because I never wanted to play my with my own age. So I go out and I try to play varsity, and I don't make varsity, but I make JV, mm-hmm. and I'm killing JV. I'm crushing JV. And so what happens is, um, you get to a point in time of the season, and then they'll, they'll bring uh, junior varsity players up to play varsity if you're doing a good job. So I got elevated like halfway through the season to, to come up to varsity.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And some of the older kids didn't like that. And so I kind of, we were in practice and I got hit late in practice. I was playing, I was playing backup quarterback in mm-hmm. the scout team.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I got hit late and broke my wrist. And I thought, wow. oh my goodness, what about basketball? Mm-hmm. Like I'm done for basketball because I broke my wrist and I was gonna go play, I was gonna try to play varsity basketball as a freshman. Right. And I broke my wrist and I was like, I remember telling his name was Brown. I said, Brownie, man, I said, see man, this is your fault. I should have never done this, man. Like now nah, I'm not gonna play basketball. Luckily, you know, it was the, you know, the break that I had it healed in like three or four weeks. It wasn't like a really bad break and I was able to try out for basketball. And I ended up making the varsity basketball team. I was the first freshman ever in our school history to start varsity basketball.
3: Nice.
2: And then the next year, they were like, so you're going to try it again? I was like, no. you crazy? I'm like, <laughs> like, like, you see how well I did on varsity as a freshman? I'm ready, I'm, I'm ready to get better for that. And I did. And then after my sophomore year, I started getting interest from schools. Like, You started kind of hearing a little bit of a buzz. And then my junior year, it just blew up. Mm-hmm. Like, you name it, like all the East Coast schools, Rutgers, Penn State, Wisconsin, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, uh, Maryland, Virginia. It was like, I was like, wait a second, what is happening here? And it, it became real to me
3: mm-hmm. because I had
2: no idea about scholarships or any of that. Like I had I really had no dreams of truly being like I, you know your key said, I want to go to the league. You're right. I had no I had no idea how to get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to go play professionally, but I had no idea how I'm a I'm a I'm a a poor kid from Jersey. So I was like, you know, I'll just play like everybody else and do what they did, just be around in the hood after I'm done playing.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: And then that took off, and uh, I ended up picking North Carolina out of all the schools because it just felt right. You know, it felt like that was the place that I was supposed to be. I took visits to Michigan State, took visits to Ohio State, took visits to Virginia, uh, Virginia, and. North Carolina felt like it was where I was supposed to be. When I got off the plane, it felt like home.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And that's what made me go to North Carolina. And then it was, a, it was a lesson learning there. You go from this, being this big fish in this small pond in New Jersey, and then now you're the small fish in this big pond in North Carolina. You have to earn your stripes uh, again. And I and I did that, and it, it, it wasn't easy. Mm-hmm. And then you're playing two sports. That was a whirlwind because they were back-to-back. Mm-hmm. And I, there was no rest my, my freshman year, no rest my sophomore year. And then it, it came down to... Um, making a mathematical decision because it was like, all right, if you're going to go pro and you're, and you're close, you're close, Jess, you're, you're, you it's, it's on the horizon. Which one are you going to choose?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I said, well, there's only 12 to 15 spots in the NBA on a team. And at that time, it's not like it is now where it, there was a legit, like you want your, your offense ran through your big guy. It was like centers. It wasn't all these stretch fives. And yeah. Seven foot guys shooting three pointers. Mm-hmm. And you, you only had about two or three spots for your point guard And in football, it was like, yo, most teams keep five, six receivers. Mm -hmm. So my percentage is going up. And I was coming out right along that Larry Fitzgerald wave where it was like this this tall wide receivers were kind of being now appreciated. Right. And so I was like, it only made sense to go ahead and choose a football. And, you know, it worked out.
0: I I like that. And, you know, I like that. And then, and then you dropped a gem in that because especially with kids that are getting ready to make that decision, they got schools, you know, looking at them and looking at their talents and everything mm-hmm. that they, you know, are not going to a score, not choosing a school based on its popularity that they see all the time blasting on CBS and ESPN and ABC sports and everything else. And they're always in the top three and everything else. You want to have that feeling of, okay, this fits this school fits. It feels like home. I feel like that I'm going to accomplish things here, not only just the sports avenue, but I'm also going to get a great education here. I'm going to connect with people here and everything's going to fit and the path is going to go um, so right for me. And I I hope that people that are listening to this and, and students and those that are going to make that next step, whether it be sports or whether it be in the job market, you know they're slowly opening up now after you know this pandemic is starting to be on the decline. That they are going to somewhere where it's it fits. That it fit. That's right. It's not about the money. Not about the accolades. It's not about you know this place is number one in you know making millions of dollars and everything else. It's a it's about it being
2: the right fit,
0: hundred percent. And I appreciate you saying that.
2: It has to be, and, and that's the thing. It's. I had I had, I had any I had an option to go anywhere where I wanted mm-hmm. um, but again I looked at the situation and said what fits best for Jesse Holly mm-hmm. and the thing is especially for those in the athletic world now younger people we live in this social media age which I didn't grow up with you didn't grow up with yeah um, at, at the at the twinkling of your thumbs you have access to any and everything hmm if you have talent, they'll find you. Yeah. You'll find you. Don't, don't allow yourself to get buried behind a, 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 a chant. Like I, I tell kids all the time now, yes, it's great to go to Alabama. Fantastic to Alabama play football. Mm-hmm. But just know that Alabama has five-star recruits who are on the bench. Mm-hmm. Know that Alabama has five, four, five-star recruits that only play special teams. So if you think, that you're going to go to Alabama and it's going to be all sweet. You're right. It ain't. And guess what? Once you get there, you know what Nick Saban's job is? To find the next recruit to go after you. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the train never stops. It never stops. And I'm not saying that you, you shy away from competition. I'm saying don't go somewhere for namesake. Yeah. Go somewhere because it's right for you. Mm-hmm. And if you do, everything else will take care of itself. You'll flourish and you'll be great, and you'll get to whatever that destination is that you want to get to. And that's what jobs and relationships and, 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 and business and finance, everything. Like mm-hmm. Do things that are right for you. Don't try to live like the folks you see on Instagram right. when, you, when you ain't got them kind of means. Don't try to live that life. You know, and, and we see we see it happen all the time, and, and you, you, you go off a 30-second clip of people living that life, and you don't... I, I know I personally know people million of dollars in the bank Mm -hmm. are miserable yeah are horrible human beings i know people with the i'm talking about houses with rooms got rooms Mm -hmm. they hate to go home you know i'm like i know people with the nicest cars and the nicest of everything and on the inside they are dark and 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 you can't fall in love with that and i know people with little Mm -hmm. that live the most Extraordinary lives because they're happy, and, and 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 everything that they want to do they're doing. So you 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 know you, you can't fall into that thing of doing what the Joneses are doing. You got to do what 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 the Hollies, you know, what makes work for the Hollies. Yeah. Yes. for what your situation is. What your what you're, what you're looking to do is and stop, you know, peeking on everybody else's uh, tests and trying to see what they do. No, keep your head on your own paper, man, and live the life that you were called to live. It's so much more joy there. That's so good.
0: In in 2007, the NFL draft happens and they go through all the picks. And unfortunately, you did not get drafted. Mm -hmm. But I love the fact that it did not, you know, just like, okay, I didn't get drafted. That's it. Pack it up. I'm done. Let me go, you know, veer off somewhere else and and, and be done with this chapter. The opportunity came to where you could possibly play in the NFL. And I remember this show and, and I, I tell you uh, it, it, I was like, God, I hope that this show continues like this to give people, to give athletes, to give football people that never got a chance to be drafted to hear the name called. I hope that Michael Irvin brings it back because I, I just, I absolutely love it. It was called uh, fourth and long Michael Irvin hosted it and you won that competition. Take me through the whole process of your journey there and then how it got you an opportunity with the Dallas Cowboys.
2: So, um, just rewind for one second. So after college, yeah, I, I, I didn't get drafted, uh, but I signed as a um, free agent with the Bengals. Right. And this makes the story even more interesting because I did, I, I, I was with the Bengals for about, I was in that practice squad for about 10 weeks mm-hmm. and, um, was up and down uh, on their practice active squad for like 10 weeks, and then I got cut. It was the first time in my life I ever got cut, ever. Um, I didn't know what to do. And again, when I say live the life that is the life that you're supposed to live, I began to live a life during that time that wasn't me, that wasn't Mm -hmm. who I was. Mm -hmm. And I was spinning and doing things like just all willy-nilly. I lost everything. When i tell you i lost everything like well i tell people i'm broke like there's two types of broke there's rich broke where they're like well we're gonna file for bankruptcy because we only got 10 million dollars left and then there's broke broke i'm like no no no, i was broke broke no money in the bank lost everything spent everything and here i was uh 20 something years old and i was living on a friend's futon i had to so go you were so you were broke and then,
0: OK, so when I hear people say broke, were you broke and broken
2: during yes. that time? Yes. Because the thing that broke me was the answer that I got. When I got released from the Bengals, they, they, they didn't tell me I wasn't fast enough, I wasn't smart enough, I wasn't strong enough, any of that. I, I, this, is the, this is learning the business of football. It was, hey, it's a numbers game, and we're short on linebackers, and you're the, low, you're the low man on the totem pole, so we're, we're releasing you. I didn't understand that, and it, and it bothered me. And I remember sitting into my I said, sitting in my apartment. My grandmother always had taught me. She's like, you know, when you get yourself some money, you know, make sure you make sure you got somewhere to keep your head, lay, lay your head. Mm-hmm. And so I would pay my rent off like you know two or three months in advance, just in case.
3: Right. And so I
2: had someone to stay for a little while, and then eventually I had to leave. I was living in Kentucky, right across the bridge in, in Ohio, and. Eventually I had to go, I said, I can't stay here. And so I was too embarrassed. I was too embarrassed to go back to Roselle because I felt like the haters were right. Mm -hmm. They said that I wouldn't make it. They said that I would be back here in Roselle just like everyone else. And I was so embarrassed, I was like, they're right. Here I am, had an opportunity of a lifetime, and it's gone. And I got to tuck my tail and go back to Roselle. Mm -hmm. So I didn't. I actually reached out to a friend and went back to Durham, North Carolina. And was a really good friend of our family, and she let me stay in a room in her uh, in her house. And 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 you know it was it was great. And you know the thing thing that when I talk about broken, um, the thing that I look back on now, I was living a lie. Because even Mm. when people call me, I would say, "Oh no, I'm good. I'm I'm straight. I'm straight. Nah, you know I ain't doing that because I'm I'm about to go back another team, right? I'm, I'm about to get signed again." And so. It's like why you don't have your own place ah, i don't want to get a new place because i'm about to go i couldn't afford a place right yeah. and, and um this was in two, so this is 2000 and fast forward to 2008 we're in a recession mm-hmm. in 2008 no yeah. one can find jobs and co- economy is all jacked up i, I got a college degree and, and i can't find a job and i'm broke and you know I, I did when i first got my little bit of money i did with all not all but most young Black people from my situation, I ran to the dealership, right? And I got a car that I really couldn't Mm -hmm. afford, but I got Mm -hmm. it um, ignorantly because that's how I equated success. Mm -hmm. I equated success growing up in the hood. If you didn't have the cars or the jewelry, you didn't have success. Right. And um, I'm living in North Carolina and I'm broke and I I get a job as a security officer, Mm -hmm. a mall cop. (laughs) And that was one of the most humbling slash embarrassing things that I ever had to do. And I tell the story of, because I had to put on a clip on tie every night as a part of my uniform. Right. And I would have to look myself in the mirror and I hated the person that I saw. I wow. hated the person that lo- was looking back at me. Cause I'm saying, what are you doing? And it, it, it felt like every time I put on that clip on tie, like a part of me died
3: mm-hmm.
2: every single night. And, you know, and I worked and, and, and I got a call one night and I'll take that, let me move on. Before the call, I remember one night walking around this complex in Durham where I had to secure whatever, secure whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I, was, I was broken and I was at my wit's end. Like I was literally at the end of just, like, I was like, what, 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 like what, what? And I remember getting on my hands and knees and like looking up and I'm like arms outstretched. And it's so symbolic because the same position that I was in was like this. And if you know my story, the end of the 49ers game, I'm like this. And, And I remember literally doing this and looking up to the heavens and saying, yelling, what do you want from me? Like, God, what do you want from me? I have nothing else. Mm-hmm. God, you've taken everything away. You've taken away the money. You've taken away the notoriety. You've taken away the position. You've taken away the accolades. You've taken away everything. And you got me in this damn uniform the this clip-on yeah. tie. Like, what more do you? I have nothing else for you to take. What do you want from me? Mm-hmm. And in that moment, it's quiet. It's like 3:30 in the morning. And God said, I just want you. Mm. Jesse, that's it. I I don't care about anything else. I just want you.
0: The answer right there in the stillness. Ooh, that's good.
2: Just the way you are, I want you. And you know, I was kind of like, I was like, okay, I got nothing else. So I'm gonna give you me i'm gonna give you me and literally within a week i get a phone call
3: mm-hmm. and a
2: phone call from a guy by the name of kevin best and kevin best is uh was at the time the pr at north carolina mm-hmm. so i'm i'm moving on being two years removed mm-hmm. from north carolina and kevin calls me he said jesse i said what's up kb and he's just like hey some people called me from spike tv and you know they 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 during this show. They were very vague about it, but I want I want to call you to let you know that I gave them your information. Okay, KB, cool. And so I get to hear about this show, and they are very vague about it. But they asked me to fill out an application and, and fax it back in. Right? There was no scanning back then. There were no right. You know, there was no, you know, automated sign, docs. Right. The doc sign. Right. out, sign it, fill it out. <laughs> uh, back to back boom. and so, <laughs> so I did that, and and you know a series of events, and you know we don't we don't we don't have time to hear all of the story, but a, a series of events happened where there was just like you know I didn't have any money, I needed a plane ticket, boom I got a call, my godmother gave me a plane ticket, it was phenomenal. I needed somewhere to stay in Orlando where the audition was being played at. I had a family friend in Orlando live five minutes from the audition, boom I had somewhere to stay. I go and do the audition and, you know, you do all this stuff and then it leads to the show mm-hmm. and the show, it's six wide receivers, six DBs and we're competing. Um, we're right here in Dallas and at the Cotton Bowl. And at the time, the only real reality TV show that was on TV was the real world. Right. Right. And so in my head, I'm thinking, you know, it's gonna be like the real world. We're gonna go, we're gonna do our little show, whatever, and then we're gonna kind of go back to this mansion type house and it's gonna be like dope, we're gonna live in like in a mansion. But little did I know we weren't. We lived in the locker rooms of the cotton bowl. They like changed, they like came in and had people come in and they like made it into sections, but we lived literally at the cotton bowl for two months. No cell phones, no. TV, no iPods, no, nothing, nothing. You had zero communication with the outside world unless you wrote letters. It was like jail, literally like jail. You had to write letters to your family and they had to read them before you sent them out. And then if you got anything in return, they had to read them before they gave them to you. Okay, that puts big brother to shame. Wow, two months. It was like jail. And you had like, sometimes you would have to compete for like two minute phone calls. Yeah, like that was like the winning wow. the winner of this competition gets three minutes or five minutes to call to call your loved ones. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, man, I haven't talked to my people in three weeks. You know, i 14 days. I haven't talked to anyone but the people that I'm living here with. Yeah. In 20 days. And so, yeah, and and then um, you know, I win the show. And what was so amazing about it was the same producer who initially called me to start the process was one of the same producers at the end of the show when he came to me, we were standing in Cowboy Stadium and he said, I don't think you understand what just happened, Jesse. I said, well, what I, well I, I don't. And he said, well, remember when I told you to send in that information to fax it in? I said, yeah. He said, we had over 100,000 applications sent in. He said, we auditioned in five cities in um, uh, over 20,000 people. And out of that 20,000, we picked 50 of you that we were in LA for like a week-long combine. And then out of that 50, we picked 12. And out of that 12, there was one. And so I Ooh. was... Um, I how, did was
0: that, how did that sit you? with you after him,
2: him saying that to you? Like, how did you process all that? In that moment, you, I just won the show. Everything was kind of like, even now, I'm so appreciative of of it and I know that it, it's not a Jesse thing it's a it's a it's a god thing
3: mm-hmm.
2: and you made you you said something earlier and and a lot of people say this to me they go I wish Michael Irvin bring that show back I wish we, that show would have lived on and at the time we had one of the highest rated reality TV shows on, on TV we had the number one rated show on spike TV at the time
3: mm-hmm.
2: and I tell people all the time the show will never come back it'll never come back ever ever there will be never be another fourth along with Michael Irvin simply because that was God's way of showing me just how awesome he can be in my life. Mm, and then that's when, good. When, I, when, when I take you through this, Jesse, one, you will know that you did not do this by yourself. Right. You too will have uh, to tell this story and people will listen and people will listen and you cannot tell this story because it's 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 almost unbelievable. It's almost unbelievable that you did what you did. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to give me my praise.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: You're going to always have, because people, so you're dead in the grave. You're going to tell this story and people are going to say, how? And I'm going to say, this was all, God, this has nothing to do with me. And it was like, I'm going to show you just how awesome I am and how specific I can be. Because I look back, I think about it now and I go, Why Dallas? Why not the Browns? You think the Browns couldn't use at that time some recognition? The Jacksonville Jaguars? Mm -hmm. You know, know, at the time, the Houston Texans? There there were a plethora of teams who were just poor in performance, poor in attendance, that it could use that opportunity to be on the main stage and have their name and their team spoke about in this light. Mm -hmm. But God said, I'm going to pick the most recognizable franchise in the world. Mm. I'm not, no, I'm not gonna do the Browns. The, the Browns are not big enough for me. I'm not that's too that's that's small time to me. No, I'm gonna do the Dallas Cowboys, where you're where you're gonna have to be on the main stage, where people are gonna have to talk about you,
3: mm-hmm. and you're
2: always gonna be in the light because you're associated with that team. And so I I, I just get I get chills even thinking about it because it was like wow how specific did did like you took you had this much detail for me. Mm-hmm. For me, for little old, the, 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 the little dirty kid from Roselle, New Jersey, yeah. you saw fit that I, I I had, it was that much detail put into it. So yeah, and, and that's why when I, I, you know, I sometimes, I personally, I get tired of telling my story. And then I'm always reminded, it's not about you. Yeah, The story isn't about you. And, and let this be a lesson for most of us in life. Mm -hmm. We don't go through what we go through in life, whether the highs or the lows, Mm -hmm. the good or the bad, Mm -hmm. the triumphs or the tragedies. We don't go through any of that for us. Yeah. It's not about us. God says, you're going to tell your story because someone needs to hear it. Someone needs to know about me. Someone needs to know that no matter how dark it is right now, Mm -hmm. the sun is going to come out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. someone needs to know and someone needs to hear that you have a chance no matter the odds mm-hmm. someone needs to know that i don't need time to turn things around mm-hmm. i can do it like that yeah I, 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 don't, I someone needs to know that i don't i don't i don't need recognition i'm not i don't need, I don't need to, you know, i don't need you to have a name mm-hmm. i don't need you to have a, 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 a skill i can i can change all that I can make a way where there is no way. And there was literally no way. My phone wasn't ringing. My agent at the time, I was call- he wasn't even taking my calls. Wow. You're not, you're not, you're not, you're not, no, no teams are answering, Jesse. No team, no, no team will work you out. And it looked like to the common man that I was, I was done. And I said, no, nah, I'm going to give you three more years, four more years to do this the biggest changes ever goosebumps
0: oh my gosh oh my gosh is that explains everything because i remember the game that you were in against san francisco Mm -hmm. and when you were running you scored that touchdown when you dropped to your knees and as you talked about when you had lost everything and you were broken you were broken and you were there and that opportunity came and you were scored with the the most well-known team the biggest team And I remember you dropping to your knees and your arms just stretched up, of of like truly giving God glory, not for the touchdown, but for the position that he put you in.
2: Yeah. And I was literally (sighs) screaming, I was literally screaming, Glory. Thank you, Father. I'm not worthy of this moment. Thank you. I'm, I'm literally screaming that because. Uh, and, and at the time, my head coach, Jason Garrett, it, mm-hmm. he, he said to me in the meeting the next day, he said, you know, sometimes you got to act like you've been there before. And I said, you don't." and I told him in that meeting, I said, you don't quite know what I've been through. That was a breakthrough for me. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't about act like I've been there before. It was about I finally got there. It was a breakthrough for me. And it was like I was not going to miss that moment because the first time God gave me the opportunity to be in the National Football League, I made it about Jesse. Yeah. I made everything about Jesse. Right? It, it, every, every, I was flying girls out of one airport, picking up at another airport, partying, hanging out, spending. I was doing everything that I was not supposed to be doing. And I said, if, if it happens again, I'm going to give him the credit. And so that moment it wasn't to be it wasn't about, you know, pointing to my you know the name plate mm-hmm. and saying it's me. Look at Jesse. It was like, nah, while this camera is on me and mm-hmm. it gotta be on me, they gonna know that I'm my Lord and Savior, because this does not happen without him.
0: And I remember several so times, I remember several times too, watching it and then after you scored and you did, you know, dropped your knees and you had your hand up. I remember the replay. They keep replay- They were replaying that over and over again. And it is not just after the game. They gave the highlights and everything else. I, I, I so remember they see you running slow-mo and then, you know, you giving God praise and then the actual live shot, of you running in the score and giving God praise. Like it was just simultaneously where he just orchestrated the camera yep. to make sure that there was a message there that everybody yep. needed to see. Yep. Oh gosh. Yep. Yeah. That just that was an aha moment for me. I caught that. I caught yeah. that. Yeah. That that's so good, Jesse.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Oof. I am not crying on my own show. I'm not doing it. <laughs> that is so good. That is, that is so good. It is just a message that I just got from that is just to keep going. And our mental sometimes is so confined to this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna fill out this application. I'm gonna try to apply for this job. And this is the, you know, where God is like, why are you trying to be like, you know, this particular line level when I got you here at the top of the building so many yeah. stories up, you got a the huge window, the light shining in over your desk, you got, you know, this magnitude of office, like he's trying to get us up to that top spot in that building where we're just like, you know, right, comfortable in our line levelness.
2: Yeah, and our entry level position.
0: Entry level, yes, that is That's so it, I got
2: so much more for you. I got <sighs> so much more for you. But and for me, it, it was simply me saying, I have so much more for you.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I just need you. Like I need you to get out of your way and let me do what I do. Cause I see God is like, I we're not gonna go to church, but I'm just this is my story. Yeah, yeah. Right. This is my this is my reality, this is my story. God God says like I can't I can't work in the space that you're working in. Mm-hmm. I need you to get out of the way and let me do what I do. Yeah. Let, let me be who I am. But you, but, you know, and guys like, okay, you think you know better than I do? Have at it. Mm-hmm. When you're done, when you're done, I'll be right here. I still love you. And then we'll get, we'll get to go. And for me, he, he had to break me. Yeah. It was literally, he had to break me. Cause he said, you think you know better. You think you know better. And, and he's like, okay, you got it. And that's kind of indicative almost to like what we've seen in the world the last, Year or two, it's just like, oh, y'all think y'all know? No problem, y'all got it. Oh, no, don't worry about it. I'm, I'm gonna tear the White House up. Don't, no, no y'all got it. No, 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 yeah, y'all, y'all got it. Oh, don't worry about it. I'm, I'm gonna send something that y'all ain't gonna know what it is and I'm gonna shut everything down. Oh, no, y'all got it. Don't worry about it. Oh, oh no, I'm I'm flooding areas that ain't supposed to be flooding. I'm freezing the places that don't, don't supposed to be freezing. I'm, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, yeah. y'all got it. And it's it's like that is so indicative of, of of life, and sometimes we have to, like I had to be broken. We have to be broken for mm-hmm. him to properly use us. We have to get out of our own way and say and say, all right, what do you want from me? Me, that's it. Cool, and then be follow his will. And so that that that's it's it's that's my story. I, I, and, and uh.
0: Gosh, I just, I just hope that people listen to your story. It got so much of the gems that you dropped during that whole entire story. And, and another thing that I just, again, have to say is with the platform that you have, that you have definitely put a smile on my face. And as, as far as people that follow you on Twitter, many people that do, when people have feel like that they've gone to the ultimate low, here comes this former athlete sitting in his car on Fridays wearing some
3: tie-dye
0: shirts when it's hot, because Texas is ridiculously hot. Right. Or, you know, sweatshirts when you know Texas is cold. It's still tie-dye. And he comes with some jams. It could be Luther, it could be Beyonce, it could be some kind of throwback, whatever. And he'll start up with hey, you have my permission. <laughs> that moment for me I can't speak for nobody else but that moment for me if I've had a bad moment bad day bad week uh you know these jobs are picking up I've been unemployed for almost a year what am I gonna do God where am I getting the next check from where am I getting the next money from I will click onto that Jesse in two minutes and 20 seconds of uh, drop your weight and you better get wherever you are and start dancing that's why I told you and then I had bad news happen to me in, in the middle of Tom Thumb, aisle six, picking up dinner, click onto your video, and I started dancing. And I said, yeah, we got his permission. And you know, I got this lady looking at me like, you got her cart turned away, social distance, like, she's losing her mind on the corner of Fruit Loops and shredded weeds. Like. <laughs> I, I just want to know what was the inspiration for you to start tie-dye Friday like it's it's needed it's <laughs> awesome please don't ever end it <laughs> but what what made you start doing that it, it's, it's fantastic
2: tie dye was an accident really it was an accident. Ah. it was an accident uh and that's what makes it so beautiful um shoot you have to have me tearing up <laughs> um, because so many people say what you say about Tie-Dye Friday and so here's, here's, the, here's the genesis of tie Friday um, I'm an athletic director at a private school in Dallas mm-hmm. and two summers ago I was put in charge of running the summer camp didn't want to do it I'd like, I'm like, I'm supposed to be on break, but I did it. I was obedient and I did it. And so as we were picking out colors for our shirts for summer camp, I said, well, let me get something that I'll be able to recognize when we go on field trips on Fridays.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I said, I'll, we'll, we'll recognize tie-dye. That's why you'll see in the early videos, it said FCA summer camp.
0: Yes, I did. Okay. Because of the summer camp you're involved in. Okay.
2: And so one of the things, I love our kids. I hate riding on the bus with kids. Hate, 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 hate riding on the bus with kids. I hate it. So I would have someone ride on the bus and I would always either follow the bus in my car Mm -hmm. or um, lead the way there in my car. Right. And the very first song was Bobby Brown, My Prerogative. And I remember parking the car. No, I was actually actually still driving the car, and that's funny because initially, when I started doing tide Out Friday, I was literally driving the car as I'm doing this. Wow! And then I had people reach out to me that I care about, and I was like, "Listen, we love you, and we want you here for a while. Continue tide Out Friday, but can you please park the car?"
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I was like, "Okay, I love you guys, so I'll park the car." Um, and the thing about music. Music, sports, bring people together. Mm-hmm. How many times have you been to a game where you've high five people that you have no clue who they are? Yeah. But in that moment, because your team scored, we together. Yep. You got a cowboy shirt on. I got a cowboy shirt on. You got a Tar shirt on. I got Tar Heel shirt. You got a Michigan shirt on. I got a Michigan shirt on. We we in this together. Mm-hmm. I don't know you from I don't know you from Adam, but we just scored. We just hit a bucket. High five. Music, it doesn't matter where you at, when that beat hits right, you're gonna nod your head and you're gonna tap your feet. Mm-hmm. That's just what music does. So music, no matter where you're from, no matter your 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 your, your ethnic background, no matter your your religion, no matter your gender, no any of that. When the beat drops, you feel it.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And it doesn't matter. And we can all know that there are songs and there's music that when we hear it it instantly takes us to a place yes it instantly like there you can name on. i'm like oh i remember oh man oh five at the club at carolina this <laughs> song came we turned up and, and it takes you to a place
3: yeah yeah
2: and and so it was it was bobby brown my prerogative um that came on, and I was just like, like just jam, and I was just like, I'm just gonna make a video so people can feel this energy and this joy that I'm feeling on this Friday. It's Friday, but my prerogative, and it it, 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 it just brought it brought me joy. And when I did it, the response was crazy, and I was like, okay, and all of a sudden people were like. All right, see you next week, next Friday. And I was like, "Wait, what?" they was like, "Oh no, nah, you got to come back next Friday and do it again." Mm-hmm. And it became a thing. And like, like you said, there's been times in my life doing, and I'll tell you this: I wanted to end, I, like I wanted to end Tyler Friday, like I wanted, to, yeah. I wanted to. I was like, oh, I don't feel like looking for a song every single week. I don't. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm done. And I remember, like, uh, last year, around, like, January, beginning of January, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of just, like, slowly end, I'm just going to stop doing the videos. And I didn't do one video one week, and then the next week, everybody's was like, "I, right, bro, we let you slide last week.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Bring the jams. And, like, it was, like, constant, and I was like, people really need this. Mm-hmm. And there's been times where I have been, I mean, in the dumps energy low, spiritually on E, mentally fatigued, life just all jacked up. Yeah. And I do these tie out Fridays and I hear the responses and I go back and watch them myself.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I just saw it pulled me out of it. And so for me, it, it was something that started on accident. And I was just shocked and amazed that people need that. Mm-hmm and how awesome that i get a chance to bring joy and i'm always i'm always about i'm I'm, I'm always about one person right like my thing is if i i don't know who listens to your show i don't know the numbers but if one person listens to this episode and are changed i've done my job if one person listens to tie-dye friday and their mood is changed and they go from a, a dark place to a happy place.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And that two minutes and 20 seconds, I done, I've done my job.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And that is so awesome that I have this platform that I'm literally able to change people's moods and change people's thinking and their thought process and just overall happiness. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I love Tie-Dye Friday. I love it, I love it, I love it. I love that you love it. I love that the people love it. Um, And it's something that, you know, it started out on accident, but it was definitely done uh, for a purpose.
0: Oh my gosh, and the purpose is amazing. And I just hope that people do get the true message. You always lay a message over the music. The music is great, but the message that you give, Jesse, Uh, It is absolutely phenomenal, you know, that you have the permission to jam. Like, you know, it's been, I think it was a week or two ago where you said you had a rough week yourself, but you're like, you know, it's been a crazy week. It's been a heck of a week, but we here Friday. I love you. Are we going to welcome Friday? And I'm going, okay, he's human too. He's had a rough week. He's had, you know, mountains that he had to go and climb and overcome all obstacles and everything else. Not just us, but Right. He's gone through it too, and yet he's here, tie dye sweatshirt on, giving us permission to jam. We all jam together, two minutes and twenty seconds, and jam our problems away. And, and, it's, that, and uh,
2: that's huge. And for me, like in the beginning, right? I always started out with the yell, right? Mm-hmm. And that, 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 yeah, like, and it's, 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 it's symbolic because there are times in our life, and if you're being honest, well, you just want to scream. Yes. Well, you just want to scream, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes, letting out a scream, whether it's a scream of frustration or it's a scream of joy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, that three seconds of I'm just yelling, it's just, ah! And I'm letting go of yes. whatever that thing is. If I, I'm either letting go of the joy so you can feel it, or whatever that thing has gotten me frustrated, I'm letting it go. Mm-hmm. Because for the next two minutes and 20 seconds, I am going to jam. I'm going to sing. I'm going to dance. I don't care who's watching. I don't care what's going on because in this moment, I'm going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Because the problems and the, like I said, number four, the stress, the anxiety, the depression, the nonsense, it's going to be there. Yeah, It's going to be there. It ain't going nowhere, but allow yourself this moment. We don't allow ourselves enough moments to just jam, to just say, you know what? I, I, I'm not a business owner right now you know what, I'm i am I, I'm not a mom right now. I'm not a dad right now. I'm not unemployed right now. I'm not poor right now. I'm not heartbroken right now. I'm not anything right now. Right now, I am going to just be me. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to, because this song is jamming. And I'm going to dance even though I don't feel like dancing. And if I got to tear up and cry, I'm going to tear up and cry. Yep. I'm going to yell. I'm going to shake my shoulders. I'm going to swing my hips. I'm going to tap my feet. I'm going to do whatever this is. For, for I'm not gonna think about none of that for two minutes and twenty seconds. And sometimes, if we just give ourselves a moment, mm-hmm. just give yourself a moment. It, it, I, if 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 you are the same when that song's finished, then you're a robot. Yeah, you are a robot. When you if you jam for two minutes to twenty seconds with me on Fridays, the color of your mood ring changes. Mm-hmm. It doesn't change the fact that. You know, you, 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 you're you unemployed. Don't change that fact. It don't change the fact that, you know, things might still be broken or things might still, be, it don't change that fact. What it does is change how you look at those things. Mm-hmm. And that's the, it's the how we look at those things. That's why I say, hey, close that laptop, push away from that desk, step away and just have this moment. You deserve this moment yes. to jam. And just go and do it and allow yourself. We need to give ourselves more moments to just be human, to just enjoy ourselves. And that, again, it doesn't say that you walk away from responsibilities, don't care about anything, but just for a moment, mm-hmm. just for a moment in time. Say, you know what? I, I'm just going sh- to dance. I'm just going to dance and I'm going to shout and I'm going to sing and I'm going to be happy. And, and in that moment, you make a choice to be happy. Mm-hmm. In that moment, I, my, I'm telling you, I've had some days. I've had some weeks. But in that moment, I have made a conscious decision. I am going to be happy in that moment. And when I'm done, boy, do I feel so much better. And it carries me. It changes me. And, and, and I look forward to it. And then when I hear stories like yours and others, it lets me know. It lets you know. Mm-hmm. It lets me know. We human. Yeah, we human. We gonna go through some stuffs, but allow yourself those moments to jam.
0: Oh my gosh, I have other questions to ask you, but that right there, <sighs> Jesse. And it's my, side note, somebody put this man back on television. <laughs> <laughs> somebody put this man back on television. It's net, radio something, cause you're needed. You're needed so much in this world, and, and uh, I'm so honored and so blessed that you said yes that you would come on this podcast. I, I have learned so much about you, but most importantly, I learned so much of the gems you dropped, and from this from this show. And I hope everybody else is listening, it is okay through the dark to come into the light. And if you come into the light, celebrate,
1: <laughs> dance,
0: rejoice.
2: Like every day, like, like people say like, how do you have so much energy when you wake up in the morning? they're like, like, oh, 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning. Good morning, world. And have- sometimes you go to bed late
0: too. And I'm like, how's he up at five? And he went to
2: bed at like 12.30 CST. Like. <laughs> um, like life. I am wow. like, like, just you have to just look around us. There, there were, you know, and it's unfortunate. There were ten people yesterday mm-hmm. who didn't think that their day was going to end like that in Boulder, Colorado. And if you walk around with your head hung and you're in these dark places, and I'm, I'm and I know that people go there, um, but every day I get a chance to live, and it doesn't negate that I have. Yes, I have bad days. Mm-hmm. Boy, do I try to enjoy myself every single day. You you can't avoid them. That's what makes life life. Right. But boy, there's so much happening around us. Like literally we had our lives shut down for 365 plus days. Countless people have lost their lives. 10 people yesterday. I I mean, there's so much craziness going on around us Mm -hmm. that if you allow that to engulf you, that you'll be miserable. And what a terrible way to live, to live a, like you got the, uh, uh, those 10 people yesterday would give everything to live another minute. That's right. And why? That's right. Constantly poured into the negative side of things. So when I get when I, when I get to open my eyes up in the day, yes, sometimes my days are hard. They're long, mm-hmm. but I'm like, shoot. Good morning, world. Let's yeah. go. Like, let's go. Be ready to be happy today. You have that. And that's the thing. Like, it's a choice. Happiness and sadness is a choice. I'm not negating anything that comes with mental health or, or, or mental health struggles. But my goodness, I am going to choose joy daily. The outcome may not always be that I keep it all day long, right. but damn, sure I'm gonna choose it every day, and 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 that's how I'm gonna start my day, and and I'm gonna let God take care of the rest. But boy, I, I just I, I just I, I love life, and no matter the stage that I'm in, it I'm like shoot, I'm I'm free, I'm alive, I'm young, um um, sh- let's go. What good morning world? That's to be the energy that you have to have. I don't listen. I didn't have some days. Mm-hmm. I didn't have some days. I didn't have broke days. I didn't have homeless days. I didn't have crying days. I didn't have miserable days. I didn't have it all. I didn't been through the. I didn't have unemployed days. I, all of it. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I don't live the highest of highs, and I lived the lowest of lows. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, shoot. I I I I'm gonna live, and enjoy life. And and while I'm here, darn it, bring some people along with you. To positivity. That's yes. to the negative stuff. Misery loves company. Bring some folks along with you where well, you're well, you changing some lives and you're giving some joy. And so tie on Friday, good morning, world, the interactions and all that kind of stuff. You know, I, I was talking to someone last night who was dealing with cancer. Mm. I've never met this woman a day in my life. I've never met her. Middle-aged white woman. Never met her a day in my life. She comes to me, she said, because when I talk to you, I feel happy. And she's mm. battling cancer. Never met her a day in my life. I gave her my number. I said, listen, I'm with you. Let's go. Let's fight this fight together. Let's fight this fight. If you ever feel afraid, if you ever feel scared, if you ever feel alone, call me. Middle-aged white woman, I never met a day in my life. Mm. But she found happiness and joy and talking to me. And I'm like, wow, wow, what do I have to be sad about? Yeah. What do I have to be mad about, down about? Yeah, stuff happens. But people fighting for lives out here. Mm -hmm. And just talking to me brings someone joy? Man, listen, let's live. Let's live and let's be happy while we're living. Be happy. it,
0: be happy and, and, and choose and choose joy. That's what it's all about. And you are you are perfectly right. And I am so happy and so thankful that you took the time to come on this podcast. This was an absolute blast. I can go on another hour of all the gems that you dropped and the motivation that you dropped today. I, I hope that people took something away from this and took we'll the message of what you said. We'll do a part two.
2: We'll okay. Do- Okay. Pinky promise. We'll do a part two. Okay, pinky promise. Pinky promise. Boom. There it is right there. I don't break pinky promises.
0: Where can they connect you at on the social, Jesse?
2: Oh, uh, at Mr. Fourth and Long. M-R, the number four, T-H-A-N-D, L-O-N-G at Mr. Fourth and Long. If there's any other one, and it's Jesse with no I, please don't put a I on well,
0: my
2: name. Well, don't put an I in his name, please. please people. Please, y'all <laughs> don't put the I in my name. It's just Jesse, J-E-S-S-E. Don't put the I in my name. And don't forget the e Ian Holly. H-O-L-L-E-Y. Um, but yeah, hit me up on Twitter. Um I am I am always on too much, probably. I'm on too much. I really am on too much. But uh yeah, I, I just I, I just I love life. I love life. I love people. Um, and uh, be there on Friday. You know what it is. Oh, absolutely do. Jam out with your boy, Jay Holly. I'm going to give you permission to jam and we're going to do the damn thing.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. Jesse, thank you so much for coming on today. I appreciate you.
2: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me.
0: You're very welcome. And as I always end the show, ladies and gentlemen, take care and stay safe.
1: Everything she says is truth. That. If you don't know now you know all you ever gotta say is Heard that, that, Heard that, Heard that. Heard that. Heard that. Heard that, Look all you ever gotta say is Heard that. That.
0: Be in the know of new episodes that are coming up on the podcast at heard that with Marisa.com. I'm also available on Instagram at Marisa tigney podcast on Twitter at lovely Marisa T as well as Facebook on a social media page. Heard that with Marisa Tigney. I appreciate your continued support.